This is Nine Deeps of Space, and today we're watching Captive Pursuit. I'm Derek, and this is my first time watching this episode. I'm Van Velding, and I watched this episode when it originally aired. You ready to get started? Yep. Three, two, one, engage. So, um, we get, a, we get another slice of life scene to open this one up. Yeah, um, I, um, I, is that like a little barrette on her hair? <laughs> it looks like just like a little gold barrette, but maybe it isn't now that I get a, a little bit of a closer look to it. Ooh, I, um, I couldn't, I couldn't say. Also, is Cork I a think... sex pest? <laughs> yes, yes, he's a sex pest. That's unfortunate. That's not, uh, yeah. that's not fun. Uh, it is not. It's, yeah. uh. I mean, and the fact, it, it's kind of indicative that this is kind of something that went by standards and practices and like, Oh yeah, no, this is fine. This doesn't, um, this definitely doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> I mean, it's not, people aren't bold enough to put it in writing. No. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that Quark is like one of our main characters. Right. So he's bound to be around and to be involved in our stories and you know, our, our mains are going to interact with him. Yeah. So, like, why would you make him a dude who's requiring his employees to have sex with him? Yeah, or whatever. I mean, they they definitely talk around it. They don't explicitly state it, but, you know, it is, it definitely seems something sexual in, in nature, so. I mean, um, he's not asking her to play tennis, or else they yeah. would have said, play tennis. Right, yeah, no, exactly. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't say it, so it's probably not anything good. So either it's sex, or it's say all of the English swears. <laughs> I'm going to bet sex. Uh, although, how, how bad would it... How awesome would it be to have, like, you must be able to state the uh, 11 dirty words bit from Carlin in your uh, <laughs> in your contracts? I, I don't, mean, wor- fair, I don't but... work with anyone that can't do it. <laughs> See, but and that wouldn't even be objectionable. He's just making sure his Dabo girls are well-cultured. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is uh, interesting... Um, just where we get kind of like our main character. And this is kind of, we get a first kind of introduction of like Cisco off the cuff, trying to like welcome people. It's like, Hey, by the way, um, congratulations. You've, you've traveled 90,000 light years. Do you want to come chill? And he's like, no, no, I don't have time. I got to go. And he's You're like, our first yeah, customer. <laughs> yeah, our first customer. I'm just saying that his bedside manner is a little, uh, cold. He might, he might need to be warming up a bit. All right. He seems friendly enough. I mean, this guy. This guy seems needlessly mysterious. And it's like, who had needlessly mysterious in the betting pool for first person through the wormhole? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, I feel like someone's definitely going to yell bingo. Um, Dax is like, damn, I had completely neutral and friendly. We knew that was positive diplomatic <laughs> who would relations. Pick that? Who would it was pick a long that? shot, but I took it, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so, w- what's weird to me is that he's in a spaceship. Um, I assume tractor beams and spaceships are kind of interchangeable. Like if you can, if you got a spaceship technology, you have tractor beam technology. Um, but he seemed, O'Brien's talking to him like, yeah, he's talking him through basically the transporter um, tractor beam deal as if he yeah. doesn't have one. I mean, you don't know. There's, yeah. uh, whenever we get to, to Voyager, no one in Voyager has transporters for the first couple of years. Man, that elevator is going to kill someone, isn't it? <laughs> What's that? You said that elevator is going to kill someone, isn't it? It's just. So... I mean, eventually the elevator is going to get someone. 
I feel like at the very least there's going to be some fight on the bridge and then someone's going to like throw someone halfway down the elevator and hit the down button and it's just going to cut them in half. <laughs> Something. Sorry, I, I can just see Emperor Palpatine visiting Deep Space Nine stepping <laughs> up the elevator. Just back down, he looks over and says, you should get to that check. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a vested interest in OSHA safety regs. <laughs> I don't like long drops. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we're going to get in, he's going to just come on board and we're going to just show him the wonders of, um, I don't know what Dax was talking about when she was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, um, we should do something more informal, um, this time around. Like, okay, this guy's coming from a whole different quadrant. You're not worried about like sicknesses or any kind of contraband he may have. You know, what if he like farts and just these spores, um, you know, destroy like a third of your population or something. You know, we talked about this in the pre-roll, how when series initially set up, they'll kind of show you all the steps to how the universe works. Yeah. And then later they don't show you that right. because we kind of assume that it all works. And then they kind of forget how it works. And yeah. they, they present to you things that contravene the process of how it works. In TNG and the, the original series, people beamed everywhere. Yeah. So the transporters have biofilters. So yeah. you don't worry so much about that, right? Right. Um, and in TOS, there are a couple times where they do go down to plants. So they do get sick. Right. And McCoy has to think of a cure, biofilter, whatever. Um, and here, people are docking, which is pretty old school. And yeah. we don't have the biofilters anymore. We, we are not shown the biofilters one time yeah. for us to never consider again. Right. So, yeah, that, that's a valid concern. Yeah. Um, and so this is, uh, I got to give props to O'Brien here. Um, he just came in here and he's like, Hey man, uh, this dude's gone. And he's like, no, no, no he isn't gone. Since show that he's there. He's like, Oh, all right, well get back to work, I guess. And then <laughs> I'm like, the dude could have a knife O'Brien. Like let him show himself first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's invisible. They're being very non-threatening. What I'm surprised at is the lack of a security team outside of that hatch. I mean, yeah. okay. Be hospitable. I I'm, get you. Yeah. I mean, I would expect Odo. He's probably out there as like a rock or something or like a railing, like a single railing that doesn't <laughs> link up to anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I, I expect, uh, I mean, hell, he might be that chair. We don't know. He might have already infiltrated here before anyone even asks. That is Odo's M.O. Yeah. That is O.M.O. Is O. Domo. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're um, pretty standard Star Starfleet diplomacy here. We're going to fix your ship for free. We'll yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's nice. Like, hey, look, you know, we all know stuff. And I like how he kind of tooses his own horn a little bit. He's like, yeah, I know a little bit about ships. It's like, eh, well, more than a little bit. I'm like, good, good on you, O'Brien. Yeah. And we instantly see that he's stymied by the Gamma Quadrant ship, which is interesting. Because you would think Convergent Evolution, right? And that that's O'Brien's first take. Yeah. Where he's like, everybody uses plasma to yeah. to run their stuff. Right. And I'm like, I don't think they would. Because <laughs> I think common sense would demand that the fourth state of matter kept at high temperatures and high pressures isn't necessarily what somebody wants to have next to their face. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I like how he's, he calls him friend, though. So that's kind of good. Yeah. Um, it seems a little forced, but you know, whatever. The, yeah. the culture of the future can be a little weird. We're fine yeah. with that. 
Right. And, and, you know, the, the other thing too, is that, um, he doesn't know what Caladrium, like, so even in context clues, I would imagine I would at least know what Caladrium is. And if I don't know what Caladrium is, then that means that would probably be my first, like, what, what is Caladrium? Yeah. You'd think the translator, translator, which instantly picks up the language of the guy from 90,000 light years away could translate Caladrium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's also kind of <laughs> a little... is like, oh yeah, no, I'm O'Brien, Miles O'Brien, Chief of Operations. Here, have some pro- have some proper noun suit. What's your <laughs> yeah. name? And the guy's like, I don't even know what to call you, man. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm Tusk. Look at how a responsible first contactor goes with it. Yeah, I know. Like he even tries to like shove down like, what's your species, man? I'm human. That's that's a human saying. And it's like, you don't need to know his species, dude. <laughs> like, chill out. Like, let him move at his own pace. Yeah. You can't just ask someone why they're Tosca, Brian. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not cool, man. It's not cool at all. So, and so he's like, I've got work to do. I don't know. He's like, I came here to look at your ship, but I guess your ship's really hot. And so now I'm, now I'm instantly busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though you, you've alluded to this problem as easily fixable, um, I'm no longer interested in how to fix it. <laughs> your, his engine's hot. This is what it is. His engine's hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, he said, it's like, oh, yeah, your, your engine's too hot. Yeah. Um, we can't fix it. It's one of DS9 stage four corridors. It's kind of this corridor, this turbo lift, and then, like, the double seals, and on the other end of that's the cargo bay. Oh, weird. Like, behind him is a rolling door, but we didn't see a rolling door. We saw a, a door that closed TNG style. Yeah, we assume that the the turbo lift took them to another part of the station, which then has another airlock door in it, oh, okay. which are not 100% on. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned not seeing, like, a biofilter. Maybe, like, the weapons filter works that way as well. But no, no, he was... He was in the ship and in the turbo lift before anything filtered him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's definitely... I mean, the turbo lift by itself is going to transmit all kinds of things. The thing is, we never see that weapon scanner again. Because yeah. it's never relevant to a plot again. So, and maybe... Yeah. It is kind of weird, too, that... In theory, the weapon scanner is always like they're always going to carry weapons on them. So it's always going to buzz for them. Like they don't have like special permissions or something. I guess. But I mean, I guess like a metal detector still detects like if it's a, uh, if it's a cop or not. So I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, we're basically just, uh, you know, establishing stuff for later and it's all wrapped into this benign tour of deep space nine. So, and at this point, we don't know if we're going to see that weapon scanner every time. He might just be introducing us to a facet of the station yeah. we haven't seen before. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. This this kind of felt yeah. like um, some kind of setup stuff that uh, we may use again. I mean, I'm yeah. not sure. And that's it's something you can do early in the story, but you can't do later. Nothing going, oh, these are our new weapon sensors. Oh, they and by the way, for, yeah. Yeah, so... This is our holographic communicator that Derek talked about. We're finally installing one of those. He's <laughs> so. like, oh, and by the way, congratulations. You're the first. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think he's about to say. Oh, no, he did it already. Where he talks about like, congratulations. You're the first one to come through the hole. And he's like, 
It's like the dude doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't even understand what to make of you yet, O'Brien. Let alone like whatever like cultural congratulations you're going to bestow upon him. Yeah. I mean, this is the sort of universe that throws people out of bars. I guess. Yeah, bar casinos. Yeah, I guess I, I, the message is, I suppose, that Deep Space Nine is a mix of good things and bad things. Yeah, and so that watching is. this kind of again, like we're gonna the whole Tosk bit is kind of a bit we've seen before with the Darmak and the Chagra, where you know we get these words that we don't necessarily understand; they become revealed to us later. It isn't his name, it isn't his species; it is kind of his designation in the culture he comes from, which um, it's kind of a species, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess since he was bred for for the ritual. Um, but yeah, still it's, uh, it isn't going to be comfortable once we get to that bit. Yeah. It's, it's the wholeness of his identity, which yeah. he has sworn to secrecy about, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, found, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's talking about like where he stores his food, but it's like, you still need it though. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, I didn't ask you how you stored your food. I said, do you want any? I don't care if you eat this bed sheet right here. We'll replicate a new one. Just whatever you want to eat. <laughs> it's it's all run by one of those kinetic watches. It's, yeah. Look, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just science, Derek. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, how do like, you... Oh, also Vulcans. Like, are you just trying to... With this dude O'Brien? Yeah, like he said... Vulcan sayings. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vulcan saying of like... We live to serve. I'm like, are you sure? I think that was just Spock. I don't think any other Vulcan um, like, has been if you want that to give friendly. Him a, if you want to give him a tour of the Alpha Quadrant, man, just let him go into the holodeck and watch some Flotter and friends. Like, just, yeah. you know, don't, don't, don't give, throw Vulcan idioms at him. Yeah, dude, give him some ball handlers. He'll be fine. Ball fondlers. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. Ball fondlers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and he instantly wants to know where the weapons are. Yeah, so cool. yeah, so that, I mean that's our kind of like okay, maybe this guy isn't all uh, naive. He he seems to be kind of a little dodgy, super interested in violence. Um, so maybe we got to watch out for him. Yeah. And then we also get a brief down too of O'Brien saying like, okay, you know, I was playing with kid gloves, but I, I was able to take a few things as well. Yeah. It's 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 a sound episode. It just doesn't really get us anywhere. I don't know if that's an old saying. I've never heard that saying before. I mean, I've heard I've heard vague sayings about like looking over your shoulder, but not um, someone who's looking over the shoulder is waiting for trouble to find him. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's a saying. That doesn't sound like a saying. It's not pithy. In the future, it'll be an old saying. I guess so. You know why? Because Star Trek made it. Yeah. As if Odo is not already keeping an eye on him. You're so naive, this yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll totally start doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'll start uh, doing that. Oh, I'll get right on it. He, like, he turns in his chair and just, like, taps the air, like, boop, boop, boop. Yep, now we're tracking him. <laughs> <laughs> Odo would do it, too. Dude. Yeah, yeah. He would, okay. He, he's, he's sassy enough. That's for sure. Yeah. Um... So anyway, I, it's interesting to note that these two formed this really quick friendship, which I guess is one of the one of the classes you take at Starfleet Engineering School. Yeah. And because uh, Jordy made a lot of freaking friends. Yeah, I guess so, that's true. 
And I think, you know, if Tosk was a lady, this would have been romantic. And if O'Brien was single. And yeah. one of the things about having O'Brien be a married man is that, um, you know, he has to form relationships with people. That just, kick in the face. Yeah, yeah. I just, saw, I just saw that. I never noticed that before. He just kicked him in the head. He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that that wasn't scripted. I mean, I guess yeah. whether it was or wasn't scripted is great, but it's a yeah. natural thing. Yeah. And again, yeah, it's good. And it's good for O'Brien, you know, uh, to like kind of act with it. You know, he's like, ah, all right, go ahead then. <laughs> yeah. This is a great episode for Calmini. He does a lot of work here where yeah. he goes from obviously playing very friendly to good at his job to kind of unsure to resolved. Yeah. Um, it puts him through his paces and it's great. Yeah, and like he even talks about this whole straight man thing. It's like, oh no, I'm Irish, so um, I like to like my my idioms are I like to f with people and I like to drink. <laughs> so after I'm done fucking with you, let's go get something to drink. Yeah, which which is very much based on the character of O'Brien we've gotten so far. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually I don't know is he Irish or Scottish. I don't really know the difference. He's he's so Irish. I okay. might even believe that question. <laughs> Well, I hey, don't know the Morn. difference. Hey, Morn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I, I so, like I like how this like this dude kind of negs him like after after O'Brien's like oh yeah no R and R you know um you know just whenever we we'll take a break and the guy's like okay so you sleep eight hours and then when you're awake you also relax <laughs> yeah and but it's, it's you know it, good Tosk has no idea of living his life for anything but the purpose of work right. and his work is surviving working a little ahead is being the fox in the fox hunt yeah yeah um, and so he's like he doesn't understand any sort of notion beyond something that could help you survive and that's indicative of how problematic um his situation in his in the culture is um but we'll get to that i guess and I like how, yeah. so he's like, so, you know, true to form, he doesn't f*** with just Tosk. He's like, two synthels, barkeep, after, so. <laughs> after Quark gives him the, I'm not a barkeep, right. I'm a host yeah. uh, type of deal. But I also love how unplussed Quark is. You know, like, he, he just got told, like, hey, look, this guy's going to exploit you. And he's like, oh, no, you can't exploit me. I don't have any vices. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> It's a great little interaction. Which yeah. does nothing but build environment and character. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, he's like a... Uh, he's not going to shove it down your throat, but he's going to tempt you, like, super hard. <laughs> like, the hardest possible. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it does sort of intrigue us. It gives us a little bit... When he says, I lived the greatest adventure. Um, yeah. You know, I... It, it seems like it's mostly a vessel for Quark, but it, it does move our story forward a little bit. Yeah, I didn't really notice did that. It. I thought it was just like some sort of metaphor for life. Like, he was just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm living life, man. That's the greatest adventure of all. Um, yeah. I didn't realize till later that I guess this adventure is whether or not he's going to die <laughs> by these people, <laughs> by these people hunting him. It's how he's going to die. Yeah. Could you imagine if Taz got away? Like, he went to, to City Alpha 6, and <laughs> he's like... Wait, City Alpha 6 exploded? City Alpha 5. And he just chills with a little hut. And <laughs> just like, the dudes never find him. And I was like, oh, damn. So, like, what's their legendary hero? Is it, like, a dude that's still on the run even today? <laughs> like, like yeah. he just, like, <laughs> ran away and then, like, they could never find him. And, like, he's just, he's always kind of, I mean, we have, like, trickster mythos of just, like, these various people who can kind of get away from consequences through, like, guile or cunning. Um, 
You know, but this is a whole different situation in of itself. Um, and yeah, I mean, at, at that yeah. case, why wouldn't you just set your ship to go around the sun? And, like yeah. you give it a course, and then you just jump out of it into a sun, and then you know you get disintegrated, and your ship keeps going, and they're like, "Damn, where'd he go? Yeah. The ship was a fake." Yeah. And then it's like, "That's right, I'm a legend. I, I disintegrated, <laughs> but I'm a legend." Bam! They'll never catch me. But or see, like, do the tusks have to go back? Yeah, to it's like asshole planet, <laughs> yeah. home world, like and ring a goddamn bell. He totally, yeah, he totally like jukes them. They totally think he's dead, and he has to go back in front of like, "Haha, you missed me," and then run away again. Um, yeah, of course, Odo's the painting because of course he is. Yeah. Um. It's like we get it, guys. Uh, Shapeshifter. Yeah. I mean, you're panning the camera away from the action. We figure you're going towards Odo. How did you follow him, Odo? You're <laughs> just like a painting on the wall. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. He looks behind him. It was like Oop, freezes. Oh, it's like da, 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 da. just crawling down the wall. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, if I if I can if I assume the rate in which he like morphs into his humanoid shape is the same rate that he can go into like an inanimate shape. It isn't very fast. Doesn't seem to be now. Um, so. And so like Odo, like, you know, he does this whole kind of like, I'm in control of the situation deal. Um, and you know, he's, he's bringing up like, Hey, like what's up? Like, like you're, you're a guest here, but you're doing some things that aren't comfortable. And he brings up O'Brien. He's like, well, hey, your buddy's going to have to come down and tell me what you did. Yeah. So, because he's... Sorry, because he's trying to break into the weapons locker. Yeah. And we stop him. Now, Odo, Odo may have, like, checked his Google search history. Yeah. And how the first one was for the weapons locker. <laughs> yeah. And then spent the next 12 hours on that wall. It's going, damn it. <laughs> Well, the other thing, too, is just it's just kind of funny to me that, um, you know, Odo's being very gentle here. Like, there is no violence <laughs> there. Like, he says, like, yeah. okay, you are looking for weapons, but I'm going to let you go. I don't want to fuss here. And I guess he throws him in jail at that point, um, yeah. which, you know, standard. Yeah. But still, surprising. I kind of expected there to be a little bit more aggression from Odo because that's what I've learned to expect from him. His aggression would be disorderly. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised Toss kind of went so quietly. Like, we know his whole deal. You yeah. Know? Like um, maybe he knew he wasn't going to get the weapons, but... Uh, I mean, I think, I, I think one thing, too, like, I think part of the reason why he can go invisible and also that he's a lizard is that we're supposed to read him as like a sort of reptile. And I think like reptiles and camouflage generally do kind of like wait and observe and then do a thing. You know what I mean? So maybe he is just kind of observing his environment to find out like what he can do to achieve his goals, I guess. Yeah. So the notion that we're just going to hold this guy until someone comes looking for him, guys, it's, it's no, no, no. You're looking for him. He violated your law. You put him into, (laughs) You give yeah. him a, a, a citizen number and you, you <clears throat> yeah, trial. Yeah. All right. Well, you're, uh, congratulations. In addition to being the first thing out of the wormhole, your citizen number is seven sixes. Man, we haven't seen one of those in a while. 
I just feel like Odo and Cisco like rolled dice and whether or not he gets habeas corpus or not. <laughs> Ooh, lost again, Odo. <laughs> Indefinite detention. God damn it, Odo. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to administrate law on this station. He's so. like, this is the way we've done it for decades, and I'm not changing eight years, and I'm not changing it now. Look, look, Commander, you agreed to a process where we slowly phase in rights for citizens. <laughs> I get we didn't stipulate on how slow it could be. <laughs> Alright, so, so they should be holding Tosk until he's processed, he does sentence for the crime that he's done. Um, or he says, hey look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a citizen of this government, therefore you can't prosecute me. It's got to be one of those two. Yeah, well I mean, I, you know, um, I assume if they don't have any treaties with anybody and like one person that has like no treaty with any government just shows up and like breaks a cup or something or like, like causes some kind of vandalism. They're like, all right, well, we don't know who you are or what government you report to. Um, so we're throwing you in jail and now you're just, you're just John Doe. If you don't want to talk to us. Yeah. Um, and also they could maybe ask the dude for some freaking star charts while they're at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you, but I mean, he doesn't seem too good with the details, right? He just kind of says, Hey, look, I'm Tosk. Um, yeah. this is somewhat interesting how we have like a protocol is like, let us get a glimpse and then we're going to bring up the shields. Yeah. And it's, it's very diplomatic, even though these guys are literally dicks coming through the wormhole on their penis ship. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they came here for diplomacy guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't think misinterest or anything. Right. But uh, I don't think they're here to be cool. Also, that that I mean, like, if the bridge is kind of like being rumbled, that means the whole promenade and everything's being rumbled, huh? Like everyone's got to yeah. know that something's going down. Also, we have we have a no a no kidding polarity reversal, so everybody take a shot. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, I I'd not heard of such a thing before. I think it's my first time seeing someone reverse the polarity of the shields in such a convenient, casual way. Well, I mean that, that that's the technical thing that people attribute to Star Trek, but it doesn't actually happen too, too much. Okay. So, um, so yeah. I, it's a good visual, but these Predator knockoffs, um, screw these guys, man. Yeah, they look Everything kind of... that happens at this action Yeah, they scene. look kind of like uh, a cross between, like, Flash Gordon and the Predator. <laughs> like, yeah. they have, like, the red jumpsuits, they have, like, the sash-looking thing. Um... And it's like, ah, we're going to shoot. Uh, of course, Odo's going to get in. Oh, I yeah, how does I Odo get physically him. manhandled in any situation? Yeah. And then, like, like, and then Cisco's like, oh, I better hurry up and get him to safety. Like, no, that's your, that's your chief damage dealer. Like, if anything, you want to leave, <laughs> leave him in the middle of it. Yeah. That's, that's Look, if they stun this guy, he gets right back up. And it's like, uh, guys, yeah, there you go. Increase thing level six. I missed that. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, even level six is not doing anything to them. They're still moving around. Like, so, like, yeah. go from six to 12 to 24. Like, keep going up, man, till they stay down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I don't even think... You've got two weapons, and he's got a way to yeah. neutralize one weapon at a time. Just boom, hit him with a double. Yeah. Oh, man, so, Odo's yeah. copping a feel. That's unfortunate. To, um. their, <laughs> to their credit. Yeah. Um... You know, they are not actually shooting anyone. Yeah, I guess they were. They did. They'd be blasting dudes in I half. mean, they, 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 they definitely blew a hole into something, though. So, um, yeah. Also, it's kind, of, office. it's kind of funny to me that they knew exactly where to go, but then they don't, like, they lose, like, track. They have to do a double scan, I guess. 
I guess maybe. Yeah, they don't they don't beam directly there either. They decided to go to a great place for an action set piece. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Let's let's go there where there's the most casual lives and then I'll walk to the to the uh, prison. I mean, it just isn't fun otherwise. I like this effect. It's a pretty cool effect. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Um, I, I, I thought it was going to be like him behind it for some reason, but I forgot that he was invisible, so. Yeah. Also, it's one-on-one, dude. Why didn't you jump him? <laughs> the, the field's still up, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot that he's, he's still, still in prison. Yeah. yeah, in what situation do O'Brien, Cisco, and Odo not come through that doorway, huh? Yeah, just like just like right all, th- all, well, all three of them, both of them, <laughs> like blast them, like bam, bam, like, all right, time up, yeah. Odo. And like Odo turns himself <laughs> into a rope. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Odo, take off his helmet and just hit him. Hit him with your changeling strength. <laughs> Redeem oh, yourself, Odo. Yeah. Oh no, turn your fist into a rock and just smack him. Do something, man. Yeah. And you were no help to us tactically back there, so like. <laughs> Yeah. And so this is uh this is where we kind of get a little bit of the game. Um Tosk is um the prey in like this bougie hunting ritual that this race has. Um and so yeah. this is uh basically slave hunting. And I don't understand how um, we do anything but kick these dudes off the station and, like, give Tosk, like, a civvy number and let him go about his business. Yeah, I mean, screw these guys. Like, yeah. first contact protocols aside, yeah. none of this stuff, none of this stuff is cool. Yeah. Approaching your station without traffic clearance, taking down our shields. <laughs> yeah. Illegally boarding our station, right. firing on our friggin' property, yeah, um, being a dick, yeah, which isn't how, a big crime, but it's got to be some kind of a crime somewhere. Yeah, as you said earlier, how like first of all, it should be okay. All of you guys are under arrest. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. going to jail now. Um, we yeah. don't have any trees with you guys. Screw the prime directive. Your whole hunt thing—that's on hold until you answer for yourself. I'll call in a diplomat. I'm not a great diplomat. I'll call in somebody. But until <laughs> until that happens, y'all are all in a jail cell. We're just going to give you the Bajorans. And the Bajorans are just going to give you an Odo. So figure it out quick, man. <laughs> and you he don't want to know what rights are. Yeah. It's and he's like... rolling straight sixes today. So I would not even <laughs> fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Odo's going to ham on these dice. Yeah. I just... <laughs> Like, I, we owe these people nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. And yet, yet we're giving them everything. And and because of, like, like eventually it's like, oh, well, we can't interfere because of Prime Directive. We didn't interfere. They came in shooting. Like, yeah. you're allowed to defend yourselves and to subject people who break laws to laws. Right. Like, and you have four people here who you have complete legal control over. Yeah. So, man, nothing. The only thing Cisco owes this guy is a knuckle sandwich in the directions of the airlock. And I don't get... <laughs> yeah. And then, like... And so this dude calmly explains to him, like, no, see, you don't understand. Um, we we did breed them. We bred them his entire... He likes it. He likes being haunted. It's fair. See, that's all he knows. It's fair. It's fine. I don't know why you're upset. Like, yeah, come on. And I don't know how Deep Space Nine gives me so many side tweets to Star Trek Picard, other than the obvious disparity in the quality of the series. But, like, you don't just make an entire race of people 
who loves serving your whims and not be a fucking piece of shit about it. Yeah. Like, and, it's yeah. bad. And this dude is like, no, you don't understand. We honor them. Like, oh, cool. So do you give them rights? Can they just chill out on off days? Oh, no, no, no. We, we, they, they live in a hovel and we feed them scraps. Like, yeah, of course you do. Derek, Derek, they, they take out commercials that tell <laughs> everybody how grateful for they are for the, the efforts of the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's gratitude, Derek. A perfectly bought, well-shot commercial <laughs> shown on primetime networks. Yeah. That's, Five that's minutes. what gratitude now, consists now of. Now we society. return to your regularly scheduled program of how many ways can you kill a task? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love I'm this sure show. I'm completely equitable. I, I love this show. Nine seasons still going strong. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's obvious garbo yeah. because there is a power disparity. The Tosk can never choose to not be Tosk. Right. Therefore, it becomes very easy for the hunter class to and, tell themselves the Tosk love yeah. it. It's great. And in this, and Cisco, with all of his kind of like stoic, you know, kind of um, authority, he comes down and it's like, yep, I'm letting them go. <laughs> it's like, so <laughs> Why? Prime Directive reasons. Yeah. Uh, like that is not how the it, Prime Directive works. This is works clearly though. a case <laughs> where you've made the Prime Directive stupid, yeah. and then you're going to talk about how stupid the Prime Directive is. It's like yeah. no, yeah. Prime Directive doesn't apply here. These are spacefaring people, and we are not interfering in their culture. Their culture interfered with ours, yeah. and we're going to act in a way that suits our best interests. Do like, we have the discretion to let Tosco? go? <laughs> yeah, we do. Also, fuck them. Yeah. So I don't... Ultimately, we have... Part of the Prime Directive is, I guess we have to have a fucking episode here. Yeah. So, and lesser also, known clause of the Prime Directive. Yeah, and then we learn that this dude is basically a... Uh, is basically brainwashed. He's like, oh, I believe... this. like, yeah, but you believe things. <laughs> like, do you realize that you don't have to be? Like, like... <laughs> like, everything you've been taught, it, you just accepted. But have you ever thought about it? Like... Isn't it kind of fucked up? This is this is another stupid Cleon culture episode. Yeah. Like a couple of different I, prosthetics. Yeah. And I, I just like Tosk never challenges the story by right. saying, you know what? Maybe I would like to sleep eight hours a day for just one day. I'd yeah. like to do that. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. What's that like? What's that like? We don't get that. Like he doesn't even care. It's just like, no, no, no. This is his niche. We're not going to question it. It's just like uh, Famke Jansen and the empath where she wants to serve Erica yeah. Holt or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just cocktease Picard. Like, and so fine. this is the thing too, is he, he's not on the run with like family. Like he's not like, he's talking about dishonor and his culture and blah, blah, blah. There's no one here to know anything that he's done. And the narrative of what happened is a thousand percent in the hands of the aggressors. So they can totally like go, kill him, put two in his head, go back to the side say, yep, um, we captured him alive, but we thought that was just dumped out of an airlock and then there you go now you're dishonored and you've been hunted <laughs> i mean the the fact that you know there, there's a cultural imperative for them to make this story good yeah i o'brien's not in the end o'brien says hey i gave them what they wanted everybody's happy now technically yeah. and he's not wrong I mean, yeah everybody prefers it this way um i do like i do like this um o'brien's upset and i what i love about this interchange is Quark's retort. He's like, hey man, um, did you know that you get like super pink? <laughs> <laughs> it's a condition. Um, yeah. Um, He's like, when you get aggravated, it's super pink. 
And he's like, well, maybe if you stop talking, he's like, oh, no, 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 you came in pink. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. I you mean, came, you came he, in the door this Irish. way. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, uh, and like, look, he's still pushing the, he's still pushing the whole talking thing. And I like it. I, you know, because he's, he's, uh, I mean, he, he's written as a scoundrel the way that he was introduced, his scoundrel behavior at the beginning of this episode was kind of jacked up. I'll, I'll put that on the writer's fault, not Cork's fault. Um, but every time we let this actor do his thing with Cork, it's pretty, it's pretty rock solid. I like it. That's Armin Schumerman. And he is a gift. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's fine to make these deep dimensional <laughs> I, characters. I love it. I love how he's about to go give him like his TED Talk 30 minute essay about like how you can change rules. And O'Brien's like, wait a minute, change rules. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, um, well, maybe another time for my, uh, um, I have a type 15 on rules, but I really want to give him the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, dude, um, I'm drunk. But, but this episode refuses to ask any real Star Trek questions. Yes. Because it refuses to ask questions about, well, if your societal systemic discrimination and dehumanization, uh, primetime commercials aside, extend so far as to create <laughs> actual distinct races and cultures based on their victimization. Right. Um, like, how do you stop that? Like, that's wrong. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't say that's wrong, but you can't talk about that and not go, "Hey, that's wrong." I mean, you can't yeah. be writing an episode of Deep Space Nine, apparently. But like <laughs> it, the fact that it refuses to say anything is freaking wild. It just kind of accepts that premise and goes, "Well, that's how it is now." Yeah, you and that's discriminated that, so long. That's just status quo. Can't fight it. That threw me for a loop. Like I, I thought that we were going to. You know, like maybe this was like a new character because he kind of has like a new character kind of vibe to him. And I thought maybe we were going to like, like he was going to be around the station. Like, no, you're staying here. You're, you guys are leaving. And like, well, and it'll be like an ongoing diplomatic thing. But no, yeah. this is just now we're cool with, with slave, slave hunting. It's fine. <laughs> so messed up. And I like that every part of O'Brien's plan here, it <laughs> seems pretty fragile. He no sooner initiates it than Odo's like, I'm going to go wind to Cisco. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny that like he's informing Cisco via way of Odo's like just uh, impetulance. Like he's like, no, I get to do the security thing. How am I supposed to be a fascist if you don't give me the authority I need? And Cisco's like, hey, Odo, why don't you just call me in your combat? She's like, I'm a shapeshifter. It's just for show. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> nothing, nothing I have is functional. I like how he mentions the glass jaw here. Yeah, it's great. So, and, and that's something we kind of expect from it. Look, they have all these predator technologies, but they're actually like really crappy underneath all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, like the, the, they, they, they kind of are tough via way of technological advancement, not like the way I guess Tosk is through just having to deal with harsh environments. But here you go. Yeah. He like just, he nails one dude um, right off yeah. the bat. So at least one to one, he definitely could have like taken it if the shield wasn't there in the prison. Yeah. And that's the thing. They That little bit there is super important because otherwise Tosk is useless. Yeah. yeah. He's actually like, no, I'm not a damsel in distress. I'm like capable of handling myself. I can take these dudes. It's just you, you yeah. caught me in a bad situation. I mean, points off for not grabbing the gun, but I know that, uh, you know, urgency is a factor, so that's fair. <laughs> I mean, 
That, that's probably against the rules. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't take. Yeah. Um, so this is where we go. Okay. So what essentially the writers are saying is, all right, listen, we're going to throw you a slave hunting prot. It's going to suck. We're not going to ask any questions, but we're just going to subvert the acceptance of slavery at every opportunity so the bad guy gets some sort of comeuppance. And that's yeah. good enough. And I don't feel like that's Star Trek. It is not good enough. It's trying to be like, oh, well, we have to cooperate, but we're going to low-key do the thing. It's like, you didn't have to cooperate in this scenario. You just didn't create a scenario which compelled you to co-op- which compelled us to believe that you had to cooperate. Right. You just decided to cooperate, and now you're, like, sliding out from under your own rules. Oh. Right. I'm not sold on it. Yeah. And so this is, uh, you know, it's like, hey, look, we're tossed together. <laughs> and Cardi's know, kind of a derogatory term for Cardassians. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Cardi's is oh. short for Cardassians. Oh, I didn't realize that. And okay, it's not I didn't a, catch it. It's not a term of endearment, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, that's so. fair. <laughs> so, I... Like, Star Trek choreography is not the best. Yeah. But I even do, here, I, yeah, I Tosk do, is I, about to, like... <laughs> yeah! He's like, oh, no, wait, this one's mine. I'm like, all right, Tosk, do your thing, man. He's like... I do a position... <laughs> two yoga positions. One is called downward facing bowl <laughs> tea bag, And the other one's just, like, the general shoulder rub. Yeah. Like... Yeah, so he does eventually get a gun, yeah. Yeah. So what's wild to me is that he dodges a laser blast, and he's like, no, I get to shoot him. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Like, dude, let me it's pop like an it. It's like AOE gun. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is like, like at least plug him with a stun. Like, like you have your on stun. Just plug him on the ground. Like, make sure they don't get up. Make sure they stay down this time. I, I think they're f***ing dead. I think that's what this lingering scene of O'Brien looking at these corpses is about. <laughs> Steam rising off of them. I don't think, like, no part of his face moves. I think he dead. Yeah. Um, here's so usually... Like, but I mean, like, if he's dead, then... Oh, I guess there's a whole ship. Um, yeah, only three of them ship. come down, but I guess there could be more in the ship. So yeah, um, he has to go. But I mean, now, congratulations. Now you have a bigger diplomatic debacle. You have to not ex- not just explain, like, hey, you let this guy go get hunted by another people or whatever. Um, now you have to explain, well, you did that and um, three of them are dead. I mean... They were hoisted on their own petards. Yeah. So, like, we, we want to do a life or death hunt game and so, on yeah. your station. Yeah. And we're like, you can do that on a station. And they die. And you're like, well, yeah. well <laughs> told the, you not to. The other thing, too, is like, are you getting in trouble, Brian? He's like, hey, they wanted a hunt. I gave them a hunt. And it's like, what, what I feel like you're saying via the writers is like, we did a good thing. And it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you, did, you did bad. You did very bad. <laughs> Like there, there is a question to be had that you raised in the pre-roll of well, now now you're complicit in this, right? Which, again, if we presuppose there's some more reasoning behind turning over Tosk in the first place, I mean, yeah, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. like they like it if we accept the the crappy crappy bad premise that this is what Tosk Tosk wants and this is what's good for him, which is obviously not i mean for me to um, like to me the whole like any if you wanted to be on good moral fitting in this how episode bad are they at this look at that That's the thing. Going <laughs> they don't have any windows they didn't see him just fly away uh i didn't I, I thought he flew out the back i didn't even realize he flew right out in front of him that's good <laughs> it's like damn 
We're stunned at the audacity of it. That's what got us, is the that audacity. Is, that is just, a, that's a toss with a lot of balls, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so now we have this authority play um, where yeah. both Cisco and O'Brien are kind of deter- are, are playing their kind of appropriate roles about like, oh, we're very upset about all the, we're very upset that um, you allowed the slavery to continue, even though I was also going to allow the slavery to continue. Um, <laughs> but yours was different. <laughs> yours was different. I'm very mad about it because I'm not. I have to do paperwork now. Yeah. And so um, I don't, this doesn't feel like it's useful at all. If both of them are like, we're fine with like subverting, like the thing that they didn't like, why are we yelling at each other? Uh, I guess Cisco's angry that O'Brien went behind his back and lied to him and undermined his authority. And he's like, don't undermine my authority again, even though in this case, it was for a good reason. I mean, he took initiative. You have more guts than I do, O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> he took initiative. That's the way I look at it. You should be happy that someone that uh, you work with would take that kind of initiative. Trust me, someone taking initiative on something is not common. <laughs> I mean, usually you want people to take initiative for your orders and what you would order to be done. Well, usually, you don't want anybody taking initiative on burning down the competitions. I mean, house. I, I prefer prefer wouldn't have to be in a situation where uh, I'm I'm listening to orders. I'd rather work in a group of peers. But here we have like the uh, the smile, like he really was fine with it. Ah ha ha. Yes. And we never talk about these dead bodies ever again. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to picture, like, the Davo girl or something with the broom, just, like, pushing all the bodies. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, ridic- <laughs> for some reason, ridiculously strong. <laughs> so she sure. goes to the guy who got uh, descending tea bagged, and she's like, yeah, are you alive or not? <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I'm alive or not, actually. The, yeah. The odds were a little, the narrative was a little unclear I, on that I one. mean, what I'm surprised about is that Cork was on the promenade when all that went down. And he saw how much of those weapons, like, manhandled security. Like, wouldn't he, like, run to those bodies, like, once he heard about them from the <laughs> girl? And be like, oh, man, I gotta at sure. least take this sash or something. This sash is probably good stuff right here. Ferengi Entrepreneur Simulator would be a great one. You just play Quark <laughs> yeah. in like a half dozen DS9 oh, yeah. episodes. Oh, yeah. She's running around looting bodies that and is, trying to sell the... That is the Star <laughs> Star Trek uh, game that I'm waiting for. That would be fun <laughs> Where it's just basically like you're on a station and you just have to like turn the situation to like your advantage. advantage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it could, I mean, you'd have all kinds of cool game mechanics. You know, it could convince yeah. someone they, they need a, a sash that doesn't work. <laughs> or, you know, that uh, the, the watered-down ale is really full-strength ale. Every so often you get caught in the actual filming of an episode, so you have to have an entirely character-driven cutscene that just builds up who you are to the audience. And you're like, why did we do that? <laughs> it's an audience. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, that's uh, Captive Pursuit. Yeah, I... um. I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't like this episode. Like I get what it's trying to do. Um, it just feels this whole kind of like, oh, slave, like hunting slaves is okay. I guess narrative, uh, bothers me. Um, I kind of expect, uh, it to, I kind of expect anyone kind of involved with Starfleet to have just said, like, if you wanted any sort of moral stance, it would be to stop the game. 
You're like, okay, yeah. You're this is a game. Okay, fine. It stops here. You don't get to. You're not doing your thing. You're not. You're doing your thing. We're calling in diplomats, and we're gonna we're gonna figure this out because yeah. no one's continuing to do this, and no one's leaving until all this is sorted. Because you don't come in just shooting places up because you feel like it. Yeah. In addition, you could occasionally just ask for some gosh darn star charts, a general political outlay of the other side of the wormhole, you know, to say, hey, look, we'll give you this guy. We'll sell this guy into slavery for an atlas. (laughs) And you can be outraged at that. Like, but you're like, well, it's going to save more lives on the back end because we're actually going to know our way around the the Gamma Quadrant. Um, That seems reasonable to me. That seems like an episode you could make it go. But like, we don't do that because we have to keep it mysterious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't we don't really do anything at large. Like we don't like none of the larger kind of, I guess, political structures in the narrative, like in in this series so far, come into play here. It's really just, um, like you you almost kind of would expect that people would have a vested interest. Like I mean, we're talking about like the only route to to ninety thousand light years away. You'd think that yeah. more people would have like information gathering, like um, I don't know, facilities or you know, like oh we're no we're totally open up a McDonald's here that is not filled with spies or oh here use our printer it definitely doesn't have any sort of listening devices attached to it. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know we have a lot of episodes to go. Yeah, but um. Even like a series of probes that are sent out into the Gamma Quadrant. We don't do that. We don't send like a wave of probes out into the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. It's just like we're, um, we're this on the frontier and then that's it. Like, and it's like, well, wait. Yeah. There's more like that's somewhat believable if you're on the frontier of like the West because yeah. you don't know kind of anything that's going on. We don't have all the high fluid technology we have, but you're on the frontier of space with space travel and telecoms and all this other stuff and these various different alien races. Like, I think it's going to be a little different. Yeah. And getting back to Captive Pursuit, though, I think yeah. the one flaw in this episode is the notion that we're going to give Tosk back because of the Prime Directive. Yeah. And I, I think if, if we could have wrestled a little bit more around that. And, and jerked around the hunters more before they got that victory. Yeah. They could have earned that victory somehow after being dicks. Yeah. I think this episode would have worked better. Yeah, it would have been great um, if, like, Cisco had done, like, a little bit of, like, interference. He's like, listen, you're going to stay a few days until we figure this out. And they're like, all right, we're going to have to stay a few days. And, like, Cork, like, like with them a little bit, you know, just because. Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, of course, Cork's getting some money out of them. Great. Or he found out that their money isn't gold press platinum. It's something else or whatever. Yeah. It's... Anyway, yeah, but that's it. Next week we are watching. God, was it Q less? Uh, yeah, yeah. Netflix has a Q less uh, for next week. The card uh, shows John Delancey, um, right? I said that right. Yes. Okay, yeah, you yeah. got it. Um, looking kind of, I think, out of a window, or maybe he's about to walk through an airlock because there's like a control panel on the side that's kind of got some bright lights on it. But he's looking with like a concerned face. He's kind of. He's not, like, happy. He's not in, like, a costume. He's not, like, doing the normal cue things. Uh, he's looking like he, he cares about something and something isn't going his way. And the title, you know, like all Q uh, titles, has, like, a Q-based title. And this is Q-less. And the officers struggle to save the station from imminent destruction. I mean, my first instinct is that this is the last Q episode. Uh, just because of Q-less <laughs> and, like, this face that we see. 
Um, it's that's pos- it. Goodbye, Q. <laughs> oh, man. That's unfortunate. But maybe he does something noble at the end. Who knows? Or maybe he just, like, teleports Picard onto the station to have one last, like, messing with him session <laughs> before he dies. We will see next week. Yep. And uh, until then, remember, remember Ren. Ren.